like the day leading up to us pressing record was, well, if this didn't work out, I'm going to go out swinging. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 127 of the Between You and Me podcast. This is a place where we talk to music makers about the things that hurt, heal, and change us in the church. Think of it like a coffee date or some drinks with your favorite musician. It's a good time. And as it turns out with this week's episode, you can basically ask one question and hear so much gold in one answer. I'm talking about my interview with Leland, uh, which I promised you weeks and weeks ago, and it is finally here. Uh, That's right, I spoke to Leland Mooring. Now, so many of you guys will know Leland or know of him and his band, which is also called Leland. Um, He's been signed since like 2006, uh, and yet he's still in his like mid-30s. So he's done a lot in his short lifetime. And I was so excited to have an opportunity to chat with him about his new music. So far, they've released two singles, Heart and Flesh featuring Taya. So we had an Aussie connection there. Thank you, Taya. Uh, And also Still Mighty. And what I loved about this conversation is that I basically asked Leland a handful of questions. We laughed a whole lot and he told me it felt like his life story and I loved it. So I don't want to hold this back from you. Um, I want to share this with you. Now, this is a relatively like longish episode, relatively long interview, right? Because we had so much fun chatting, but fun story. The first 12 minutes of this episode is now up in cyberspace blackness because some for some bizarre reason, it didn't record properly. So in this episode, you are not going to hear the normal, who is Leland Mooring? And tell me about this last season of your life. We just dive straight into tell me about heart and flesh, Leland. Um, so just so we can catch up with it, Leland is a dad. Uh, he's got some kids. He's a musician. He loves Jesus. He's a songwriter. He's a good dude. He likes to laugh a lot. We talked about him trying to create music as a, as a dad, uh, and how he and his wife balance that. One of their kids is in and out of hospital. Um, so that sort of catches you up, just adds, even though those are serious topics, add in a lot of laughter because there is so much fun in this interview. So for new friends of the show, you're about to get the who, what, when, where, why of Leland and Leland Mooring band and the person and then we're going to get straight into it and through this interview you will hear some of Leland's new tracks in addition to some old favorites because don't they have an iconic catalog friends meet Leland Mooring heard any sort of Christian music in the last 15 years, there is a good chance you have heard of the band Leland. Now today, it consists of lead vocalist Leland Mooring and guitarist Casey Moore, but over the years, these four-time Grammy nominees have had a rolling roster of musicians, and through this, a constant has been, unsurprisingly, Leland, as in the person, Leland Mooring. And while the sheer success of the band as a whole has been amazing, when you realise Leland and his family have been at this since he was a child, you realise how long he's been working at this. 
Now, as the story goes, Leland was raised in Illinois as a pastor's kid. Leland wrote his first song at age 11 and performed at church, and it went off, as it does. And somehow, Leland and his family began touring across the states, as you do. I love church families. Now, at 14, Leland entered the Embassy Music's Ultimate Talent Search competition in Nashville, and he managed to make it as a finalist. It was here that music industry execs began to notice the boy from Baytown, Texas. And soon after, EMI CMG Publishing pursued Leland for a songwriting contract. Now, the band Leland was formed a few years later in 2004, when Leland Mooring was about 16. And not long after he was signed as a songwriter, the band Leland was signed to Essential Records. It meant that when their debut album, Sound of Melodies, dropped in 2006, a lot of the songs spawned from their time in youth group worship services. Now, this album placed 14 on the Billboard Christian charts, and the original lineup included Jeremiah Wooden Guitar, who was later replaced by Matt Campbell, Jack Mooring, Mike Smith, and Jake Holtz. Now, incredibly, Sound of Melodies received a Grammy nomination and five Dove nominations, including Leland as New Artist of the Year, showing that their version of alternative CCM worship had made its mark in the industry after only a very short time. Their song Tears of the Saints became a runaway success, and fun fact, the title track of Sound of Melodies actually charted in Japan. It reached number six during this time as well. Now, Leland, the person, also began working with Christian music legend Michael W. Smith around this time, and he co-wrote six tracks on his Stand album and was also a solo writer on one track. This duo were nominated for Songwriter of the Year for the track Be Lifted High at the Dove Awards, and in 2007, this success continued when Leland, the band, toured with casting crowns for their Altar and the Door tour. In 2008, Leland's sophomore album Opposite Way reached 72 on the Billboard 200 while topping the Christian iTunes charts and reaching number four on the Billboard Christian charts. The track Brighter Days had particular success in both the Christian and secular realms and received a placement on TV show Army Wives. It also made it onto the Fireproof soundtrack, a film starring Kirk Cameron, not Left Behind, the other one. And Opposite Way scored Leland their second Grammy nomination for Best Pop Contemporary Gospel Album. A third album followed in 2009 called Love Is On The Move and this peaked at number five on the US charts and reached number five in New Zealand. Way to go, New Zealand. Now, the lead single, Follow You, featured Brandon Heath and a tour quickly followed featuring Brandon and Francesca Battistelli. The band Leland dropped album number four in 2011. Called The Great Awakening, it received a Grammy nomination for Best Contemporary Christian Album. By this time, Leland were prolific. While the band had gone through transitions with members, it was noted for its maturing sound, which is why their five-year hiatus from 2011 to 2016 seemed so surprising. Leland truly was going out on top of their game, except they weren't tapping out, because in 2016, Leland Mooring shared a YouTube video with fans sharing that he and Casey had signed as part of the Bethel Music Collective. Becoming friends with Brian and Jen Johnson, they released the album Invisible in 2016, and Brian was a guest vocalist on the track, Sun That Was Lifted Up. This album charted at number five on the Billboard Christian charts. Three years later, Leland released more music, and this time under the label of Integrity Music. The album Better Word reached 33 on the Christian Billboard charts and was best known for their version of Cy Nash's song, Wayne Maker, which was certified gold, reached number nine on the Billboard Hot Christian Songs and number three on the Billboard Christian Digital Song Sales charts. After so many years, it is abundantly clear. Leland still has it, whatever it is. And now in 2022, this duo are back with fresh tunes. Their lead single, Heart and Flesh, features Taya of Hillsong United and was followed up with a single, Still Mighty. Penned during lockdowns, this was Leland Mooring's longest period off the road in quite a while. And this new music is worshipful and heartfelt, calling the church to engage with Jesus authentically and with humility, but first from his own personal experience coming to Christ in such a time of vulnerability and need. 
I had the great pleasure of chatting to Leland Mooring about his new music, what it means to unlearn our evangelical narratives of Christian victory, and why Australians always finish every answer with a question. Welcome to the Between You and Me family, Leland. Um, Leland, tell me about Heart and Flesh. Yes. And getting music in this, in 2022, yeah. this new season of life. Yeah. For you. Well, I mean, um, I think like everyone in 2020 and 2020, all through 2021 as well, I think for, I was just trying to figure out what was even happening in the world. You know, I think like everybody was, we were all sort of grasping for straws and trying to find ourselves. Um, uh, for me, where I found Jesus again and found some semblance of sanity and hope and light is was just in the Word of God and um, quietly playing at my piano when my kids were asleep. <laughs> Our piano is situated right next to the hallway. It was the worst place in the world to put it, but it's the only place we could put it. So, um that's where I found Jesus again. You know, I was, for a while, I was just dealing with crazy anxiety. I'd never had an anxiety attack um, my entire life until some, I think it was in 2021, like early 2021. Uh, I was on the way to lead worship somewhere and uh, and I had done it every week. And, you know, it was supposed to be like every other, you know, normal uh morning and I was headed there to lead worship and uh on the drive in like everything in me was just telling me to like don't go like don't go in there turn around drive away and so it was like I couldn't even get out of the car and it was wild I'd never experienced that before um and so the only thing I could I had like the mental energy to do in that moment was just to call my wife so I called her and, uh, you know, my stomach was like, I was nauseous, like my hands were shaking and I was just doing good to just drive and, and, um, talk to my wife. And so I was telling her what was going on and, and she was like, babe, I think you're having a, an anxiety attack. And I, um, I didn't even know what, I knew what they were, but I'd never had one before. So I was, I was just trying to navigate it. And so she kind of talked me through what to do and how to, you know, slow my heart rate down and breathe and. And then she started praying for me and said, you know, if you can just say the name of Jesus. And so that's what I did. And, and then she sort of encouraged me, walked me through it. And then I was able to go in and lead, lead worship. And I don't worship. It was like, it was just all, I guess God just helped me get through it. And then I got back home and I remember that week just going like, what in the world was that? And I think God was just trying to, I don't think any, I don't think the anxiety attack came from God, but God spoke to me in that moment and said, you know, it's just like, it's just the reality of the world right now. Things are so intense. Things are so crazy. It's the world that we live in. And so it just, it sent me into this like radical pursuit of uh, who do I believe in and why do I believe in him? And it sent me into the gospels and in the Old Testament specifically, like I was in the Psalms a lot. And, you know, I love the way David writes in the Psalms. And one moment he's filled with courage. And the next moment he's, you know, probably having an anxiety attack. <laughs> like, <laughs> Definitely. And um, so I found God in the Psalms again. And I found him at my piano. And what was interesting is 
in those times of worship, um, what was coming out musically, I wasn't trying to write a song. I was just trying to stay sane, you know? (laughs) And in those times, what was coming out musically started to sound more like short stories or like little parables in the word. Cause it started just by just actually singing the Bible. So I didn't know what to sing in those moments with God. So I, ju- I would just find a scripture and I would sing the scripture and just as worship. And um, so little things started coming out in those moments. And I, I didn't think anything of them at first. They were special to me and the Lord, but I was like, I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to write a record here. Like I'm just, I'm just trying to meet with the Lord and, keep from going crazy. And um, God started encouraging me in those moments. And I think the first song that came, there was a song um, called Ark. Uh, And I didn't, you know, it didn't have a title at the time. I was just reading the story of Noah. And, um, you know, it seemed like the times he was living in were pretty crazy too. And uh, there was a lot of insanity on the earth. There was a lot of upheaval and shaking and uncertainty and wickedness. You know, if you read the story, it was a pretty, it must be a pretty gnarly space and time where there's only one family on the planet that, (laughs) that God can trust. So that's crazy. So I was reading that story again and the Lord reminded me through that story. He said, Leland, every time, every time that you, you know, out of good faith and out of a genuine heart, open up scripture and just set aside time uh, that's intentional to just be with me. Not for any, not for any reason to necessarily get anything from God. Right there in the middle of chaos is this one glimpse of like sanity and hope. And, and I really identify with that is that, you know, there's a river that exists in the heart of God. And Jesus said that about the Holy Spirit, that, you know, anyone who believes in him, 
out of their heart will flow rivers of living water. And this he spoke about the Holy Spirit who would fall upon them that believe. And I feel like, you know, Revelation talks about a river coming from the throne of God. I feel like the river, you know, the Bible says uh, no one knows the thoughts of a person except the spirit inside of them. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. So that river to me, just I think of that river, the river of the spirit of God as as the mind and the thoughts and the ways of God, you know, because the Holy Spirit knows the mind of God. And so God's thinking about things right now. And God is saying things right now. And God is meditating on things right now. That's really interesting to think about. And so if he's life and he's truth and he is, he is love, then, you know, I want to be thinking about what he's thinking about because, you know, and I want to be, I want to be setting my mind on his ways and his thoughts because all of them are healing uh, and to my flesh and strength to my bones, you know? And so that's kind of where I found myself. But what was interesting is that all the, the way it sounded like the music, because it was all at my piano or my acoustic. And I've got this really trashy acoustic guitar it's like the kind i feel like every songwriter has one it's just like the guitar that is by the bathroom and the guitar that ends up in the backyard on concrete and the guitar it's just been beaten up but it's awesome it's a great guitar to write on and um it was either on that acoustic or at the piano really quietly and these songs started to sound more like stories and musically they sounded like little short stories and um, were musically really inspiring and I think it was just because I I couldn't I was having a tough time connecting with the Lord in 20 in 2021 singing something that sounded like I sing on Sunday morning you know and that was an interesting thing for me because that really had never happened I think I was just in such an a really tough dark place that God had to shine through in a really weird way that he hadn't before in my heart to get my attention. And so melodically and musically, it started sounding really different and I was really excited about it, but then I was really bummed because I was like, you know, our last record that we did had Waymaker on it, you know, and um, all these other songs and God gave us a really strong vision with that record um, that, Hey, you're making a record for, the church to sing when they gather together. So, and that was awesome to have that kind of clarity before that. That was like all of 2017 leading into 2018 when we when we recorded that. And so every, every song, right, every rehearsal, all of that was like, Hey, we know what we're doing. God's given us a vision. And so we're not confused about what we're trying to do here. You know, we wanted single moms uh, who have a Bible study at their house. We wanted them to be able to, you know, play a song on their piano and it not be too difficult. You know, we wanted a young 16 year old kid who leads worship at their youth group to be able to pick up the song and sing it, you know? So that was kind of the whole focus and the Lord really blessed it. And Sinatch, you know, gave us permission to cover her song Waymaker, which that was amazing. So like, I'm just kind of going, you know, as these songs are coming at my house, I'm just going, 
no one's going to, I don't know if people are even going to like this. Like, <laughs> like I, I like it and God's really ministering to me, but I'm kind of freaked out about showing this to anybody. And so, um, but it's, it got to a point, I'll tell you this, this is what was really cool. So we were in, it was my turn to go to, um, out of state and to be with, um, Ivy when she was in the NICU. And so, uh, we would take turns. So one week I would be there out of state with our, our youngest Ivy in the NICU watching her for a week. And then my wife would be back home with our oldest daughter, I uh, journey, taking her to school and making sure the house is okay and doing all the normal stuff. And then the next weekend we would fly and rotate, you know? And so it was my turn to be there. And so I was, I would spend time with her. And then when I would leave the NICU, I'd go back to the Airbnb and just, you know, pray. So I was fasting and praying that God would, you know, heal and just get Ivy through this thing. And as I'm fasting and praying, spending time with God and, and, you know, singing the word of God over her, um, the Lord starts bringing back to my memory, all of these songs. And just to, just to like rewind, I had had a conversation like two weeks prior with our label about this idea for this record. And it was, it was like, it was sort of like a polite no, you know, like, (laughs) and I love those. I love those because, you know, it makes you, it helps you grow as a person. And, and I, at that point, I was like, you know, look, I know it's crazy too. Like, I'm, my feelings aren't even hurt right now. Like, I know it's a crazy idea. I was scared even telling you guys. So <laughs> let's try. why don't we just, let's just do the easy thing. And I'll just get in rooms with people that I love. And we'll just write songs for the church, you know, to sing on Sunday morning. Songs that, like our last record, you know. And so I kind of, in my heart, sort of settled that I, that's what I was, I was going to, I was just going to compromise and I was going to do that, you know. I didn't want to rock the boat anymore. I'm always the guy that rocks the boat and didn't want to do that. I was like, I'm done with doing that. Okay. <laughs> I just want to chill this time. So, <laughs> so I'm like, I'm hanging out at this Airbnb. I'm praying over my daughter. And it was like day two into the fast. Cause I was just going to, I was going to fast while I'm here this week. And the Lord just starts to bring to memory all these songs. And I was like, God, this is kind of cruel. <laughs> like, wait a second. Yeah. I was like, this is kind of cruel because I've already talked to them and it was pretty much a no, like a nice no. And, uh, and he wouldn't let it go. And, and so he was like, he said, 
I said, also, I'm trying to pray for my daughter right now. <laughs> and I felt like the Lord just spoke to me really strongly. He said, Leland, I've got your daughter. Wow. You don't need to worry about her. She's going to be okay. Um, and he said, but I want to talk to you about these songs. And so I said, okay, God, well, if, if, um, if, if you want me to really do this, then you've got to make something happen. And I think it was within two weeks, we had a brand new team at, at our label, which is wild. And, you know, it's amazing. I talked to all of them, the people that, you know, left and went on to do other things. And so we had a new team and it was all God. Like, I mean, they, they were like, listen, like, you know, I've been, each one was like, I've been praying about this for months about, you know, leaving and going here and doing this thing God's told me to do. So it was just, it was perfect. It was God's timing. And um, yeah, so when we had a new team and sat down, they're like, so what's on your heart? I was like, okay, well, I got to do it now. So I started sharing this idea and it had more, more meat on the bones at that time. And God had spoken more. And so, yeah, so I'm thankful. I'm thankful for a record label that is still taking risks because it's actually not that common, you know, and I, and you know what, in some sense, I totally understand that because the pressure, because record labels at the end of the day are still a business and they've got to make money and they're investing a lot of money into projects and, you know, they want to see a return on their investment. So I understand that. And that's always the challenge with like ministry and business and trying to mix those two things. Now, what's interesting is integrity as the label that I'm on has been probably the biggest risk taker that I've ever been around in terms of like working with a label. Um, it was crazy. They just jumped on board and they said, yes. And it, this is wild. I've never heard anyone from a record label ever tell me this. And it was the coolest thing. Um, one of my buddies at the label, when I shared with him the vision, the idea, he looked at me in the eyes and said, Leland, he said, we will, we'll let you lead the ship and, and we'll support. He said, but here's what we're going to do. We're just going to hold you accountable to what you say you believe and what you say God's spoken to you. He said, what I mean by that is if at any point in the process we sense that you're second guessing or you're deviating from this vision God's given you, then we're going to hold you accountable to it. Other than that, go. And it was just like, I was like, I was like, is this is not normal. I wish other people were around to hear it. Cause I was like, this is not normal. That's this is like, amazing. this is miraculous. So, um, so they gave us the clearance to do everything and, 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 and so much support and like, it's been amazing. So we, we, so for basically there was a lot of writing, a lot of preparation, a lot of work on the front end for this project, more than any other, other project we've ever done. Because God gave us a picture, and the picture God gave us was um, a rehearsal space. So, like, this is what's so funny. So, there are all these rehearsal spaces in Nashville. You'll know that from your time there. Um, there's these rehearsal spaces that you can, like, rent. And you can, like, you know, set up your video and your lighting and basically practice for days your set before you hop on a bus and go on a tour and do the whole thing. And so, there is a particular rehearsal space that I'd been at before that was in my head, this picture. And I could just see us in this rehearsal space, no crowd, no audience. 
uh, but just the band and sorry, I'm burping my coffee. Here. Um, and, uh, <laughs> You're doing great. Trying to fight through a burp. That's it's amazing. So like uh, it's, it's easier than trying to sing through one. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> that's really hard. Like it's, it's kind of, it's incredible. The longer you sing, the better you get at like navigating like gas. <laughs> Yes. So I was imagining just this, you know, rehearsal space with our band and there's a few musicians in town we've always wanted to work with. And I was like, that that could be cool if they were in the room. One of our buddies, Dewan Hill, he plays B3 organ. He's amazing at everything, but he's, he also plays B3 really good. And I was like, it could be killer to have him in the room. And then there's about five or six singers from Houston, Texas that are like, all my close friends, they're all from here and they are have they have some of the best voices I've ever heard. They could like sing the phone book and it would sound amazing. It's just, they can sing anything. And I was like, it could be cool to have them in the room. And so it was basically just a group of great musicians, lovers of Jesus, worshipers, singers, and just saying, let's just get in a space, sing these songs live, no tracks as much as possible so that we can go left if we want to go left. We can go right if we want to go right. We can move wherever God tells us to move throughout the process and have freedom, but still it would sound full. And so that's all we had. And we had the songs and we had like some pre-production, which is like, really, it's just like glorified demos. You know, it's like demos of the songs with some music sprinkled in to get inspiration going for the musicians and the singers but really that's it. There wasn't much else. And it's, so it's a massive risk because we hadn't rehearsed any of this. We get into this rehearsal space where they're basically the first day was just setup day. And it's crazy. You know, you've got cameras going up and they were setting up a, a circle track around us to like, there was one continuous shot so you could get everything. It looks so cool. And our buddy Elliot, that was his whole vision. He did amazing. And, um, but it's nerve wracking because you're seeing all of this energy, uh, effort, sacrifice, money, and like effort to put this on. And I'm just kind of going, man, I hope this doesn't flop. Like, you know, like you're like dealing with all of those questions. And, you know, every time I'd have that feeling, the Lord would just say, no, I've spoken to you. Like, it's going to be great. 
And, uh, and if I've spoken it, I'll, it, it'll be great. And so I just knew that the only thing that held me together, like the day leading up to us pressing record was, well, if this didn't work out, I'm going to go out swinging because like, <laughs> because I know that God told me this yeah. to do this. Right. And so I just knew that I was being obedient. That's it. And then everyone else is being obedient in the process. So- So we go to press record. I think the first song, like our next single, which is um, that's coming out in October, I think maybe the first Friday of October. I think I'm getting that right. It's called Still Mighty. And that was the first song that we pressed record on. Uh, once everything was set up, our sound inner ears sounded good. Everyone was comfortable. Like, are we ready to do this? And we're like, here we go. And they said, take one. And we did Still Mighty. And um I remember after the first time playing through it, I was just like, oh my gosh, I was so happy. I was so happy because I was like, this is going to be amazing. And I'm not joking you. It was, it took us two days. It was 48 hours of like heaven on earth. When I'm telling you like musically, the coolest experiences I've had in the presence of God making music with people, um, it was supernatural. There were some really, really holy moments. Uh, Taya singing on Heart and Flesh, that was one. And um, the song Heart and Flesh is really interesting because we had planned uh, to write with Taya for her record. So um, she had reached out to us and was like, hey, I'm working on a new record, which by the way, it's outstanding. It's amazing. Go listen to Taya's new album. And uh, she was like, I would love to just write with you guys. And me and Casey were like, yes, like you're one of our heroes. Of course, we would love to write with you. So we um, we get to the writing session and um, it was really cool. She she was like, have you guys ever done any like of these like liturgical kind of prayers before? Which I love that. Like she's the most contemplative person I know. I mean, like Honestly, she would be she would be of all of my friends that are musicians and love Jesus, she would be the most at home in like a monastery. <laughs> because she just like she's deep. She's a deep well. Like uh, if you just you talk with her for a few minutes about the Lord and she's deep. And so we're um we're sitting there talking and she said, "Hey, like I would love to you know, pray this prayer with you guys." I it's it's a prayer from a church in in Ireland. They write these prayers like once a week for people to pray. 
And this particular prayer was about the power of your words. And so we take turns praying it. And then she said, okay, at the end of the prayer, we're going to get quiet for 120 seconds for, for, you know, for two minutes. And I don't know if you've like actually tried to sit quiet for like two minutes. It's virtually impossible. (laughs) It's like, I can't, I, I still can't do it. Like that was the only time I've ever done that. I think in my entire life for 20 seconds, for 120 seconds was that moment. And, um, but it was amazing. It was powerful. And then we, we sang some, some ideas for each other. She sang some stuff. And then I sang a couple of melodies. I think one of the melodies was this really minor key melody. And it was just, it didn't have any lyrics. It was just a guitar thing. It was a thing I wrote on that trashy acoustic guitar at my house. Yes. <laughs> and it was a da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. That's all it was. And I just sang that for her. And and then we we get into writing these other songs. And we I think we wrote like this fun, like upbeat pop song for her record. And at the end of the day, we had lunch. We did the whole thing. We wrote the song. At the end of the day, we're packing up the our backpacks and getting ready to leave. She was staying at like an Airbnb in Nashville. And we're getting ready to leave. And she just goes, she said, Leyland, there was a melody you sang earlier. And I was like, I was like, yeah. She said, it was so, it was this dark, haunting melody. It was so pretty. And she starts going, she starts singing it. Well, what was cool is we had been talking, we had our Bibles open. We were talking about Psalm 84, I think, that says, you know, my heart and my flesh cry out for the Lord. And she just starts singing um, the Bible. She just starts singing Psalm 84 over that melody. And I was like, oh, we're not done. This is this is awesome. So we, we unpack the guitar again. We start writing. And it was one of those precious moments where like within 15 minutes, a so- the song kind of wrote itself. And, you know, it's crazy how that happens. Like, you know, most of the day we were late. I mean, we weren't like beating our heads against the wall, but we were, it was a normal songwrite. Normal songwrites are like, you know, it's work. There is a work part of the process. It's not all, it's not just handed to you on a silver platter, you know? So sometimes it can be grueling and torturing, but this wasn't one of those days, like it, but it was a normal song, right? So we were having to take some time on this pop song. We were writing like with a lyrics, melody, making sure it was seamless, making sure that there was hooks in there and that it was what it was saying was truthful and good. And so it would took all day, you know, and we did lunch and, but this one, I think came in like 15 minutes and it's crazy how that happens. Like I still don't understand that about music and writing that there's just a mystery to it. It's like some songs are just need, need to be written. And, um, so it was one of those moments. It was special. We worshiped together. And I think that voice memo was like the pre-production demo. We just used that voice memo for, um, for, I think I might release it at some point. I, I got to get Taya's permission, but we might release it at some point because it's, it's really special. I'll still listen to it. Um, it was cool hearing how, you know, it's like 20 minutes long. You can hear us writing it and just how it happened. And, um, but yeah, so I'm excited for this record. I hope that this record helps people, you know.
Um, I know that you have other interviews and stuff. So I've got one, no, two more questions for you. Yeah, hopefully. Great. Number one, what's your best Aussie accent? I've heard you do Taya, but can you give me like Steve Irwin or something? But when you think of no, like. I honestly don't have many. I think, I think there is a while. There was <laughs> a while where I could do a good Brian Houston and I could do like, I could do, but I, I don't even know that I can anymore. I think I just, there was, there was one day where I nailed it. You had one day. Like, I'm so happy. I had one you. day where I nailed it and all the guys were losing it. Cause we were just, we were all doing our Aussie accents and, and I, they lost it because I hit it so great and I should have recorded it, but I didn't, I, I've tried to get it back since then and I can't like it's, it just disappeared. It was something happened in here. And it just like, it's crazy. But, but I, I love, I do love that the Aussie accent, everything is a question. Everything is a question. It goes up, you know, you know, so it's like, you know, it's like they could be, you could be making a statement and it's still a question, you it's know, so like, true. which is awesome. Like, cause I was just there and God, you know how, you know how God just speaks to you and it just goes, up it's up every single time i love that to listen to myself (laughs) i will say this you know what's awesome though is you guys can deliver the most terrible news in the best (laughs) way (laughs) (laughs) it is so great you can can, like the tough thing about texans is that we can sound really stupid when we're saying something very profound because we have to watch the twang because like you know, now I don't have too much, I have a Texan accent, but it's not crazy there. You know, you can, you can get real and I can turn it on. So like, you could be like, you know, I was reading out of Psalm 84 and in Psalm 84, 84, <laughs> it says my heart and flesh cry out to the living God. You know, like, so, so you can sound really like, and you could be saying something really profound. So you, it's funny how every accent you have to kind of like, you know, you gotta, you gotta watch. They have strengths, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I, so, I find the moment I go to America, I start saying mate and g'day. I don't say those things when I live yeah. in Australia, but suddenly it just comes out. You know what? I totally, I sympathize with that because when I'm in, in the north, like of our country, I say y'all way more <laughs> than I ever say it here. I don't say y'all that much here, but when I'm out there, it's like, it's almost like subconsciously on a subconscious level, my body's like, don't forget where you came from. <laughs> So like, hey y'all, y'all want to go? Y'all, and they're like, why are you saying y'all so much? And like, I feel like it's just your body, like, reminding you of where you're from. You know, that so uh, that's so good. Um, last question, very quickly. If you could go back to 2004 when you released your first album, what would mm-hmm. you tell yourself, knowing what you know now? Oh my goodness, I think it would be a couple of things. Um, one would be that don't forget why God gave you music, you know, uh, it's not an, an economy and it's not, uh, a commerce system. It's not a platform for influence music first and foremost before any, you know, we did all those things and we operate in them and God graces us to operate in them. But I think it's easy to forget in the midst of all that, the real purpose why God gave us music. And I would say I would probably remind myself again that 
don't get lost in everything. Um, and don't lose sight of the purpose of music. It's first a love language or dialect with God. And then second, it's something that can, can, can bless and encourage people in the midst of suffering and pain because the world's filled with suffering and we need things that remind us of heaven, things that remind us of, uh, our purpose, you know, in life, which is to know God and, and to, and to love people. And I think like music just aids in that, you know, and nothing more, you know, don't, don't try to make it anything more than it isn't. And, you know, don't forget it's, it's real power and where it comes from. Cause I think for a long time, you know, you can start, if you forget where the gift comes from, you can start making an idol out of that gift and you can start worshiping it and it becomes like a little God, you know, to you. And then that's when all the dysfunction comes. It just like all the, all the insecurity or pride or a a jaded spirit, whatever. That's when you start really messing things up is when that little, that good thing God gave you, uh, becomes your identity and, and instead of him, you know, being your identity. So probably be that. And maybe just like, you know, I'd probably just encourage myself and be like, Hey, good on you. You know, <laughs> like good on you. Uh, you're like, cause I think, but when we went to make sound of melodies, it was actually making this record was the closest I've ever come. I think to feeling the way I felt when we made sound of melodies, wow. which was, and I said that to everybody after we were done. I was like, because I was so nervous when we were making Sound of Melodies. I was really nervous because I knew that all these songs, they meant so much to me when we made that record. But I knew that the way we were making it, the music that was on it, I was like, this isn't this, you know, it's kind of, it's left of center for Christian music. And, and you know, I was kind of scared about that. I don't know. I was like, I don't know if any of these are going to work on radio. I don't know. Like, you know, and so I was a young kid and, it was our first record we'd ever made. And, but I just knew that there was something special on it. And that's what kind of got me through it was like, God told us to do this, you know, I'm going to go out swinging kind of thing, you know? So every time, um, yeah. yeah. And, and what's amazing is that since then I've met, you know, that record was a while ago now I'm 34. Now I've met so many people over the years that have said, Hey, carry to the table or tears of the saints or sound of melodies these songs got me through this moment of my life or I met Jesus or I gave my life to Jesus during that, like just the craziest stories. I'm like, man, you know, if God did that once he can, he can do that again in my life. And so, um, so I would probably just tell myself, just keep going and keep loving Jesus and don't lose sight of Jesus. <laughs> there are many prodigal sons on us. Cry.
stretch out their hands and pick up the crippled man. Father, we will lead them home. Father, we will lead them home. So I know I said I lost like the first 12 minutes of that interview, but don't you love the fact that Leland just went for it. He just shared. Like I had to cut that up into tiny little parts just so that they were digestible and that you could really like hopefully through the musical interludes like soak in them a little bit because there was so much goodness to this conversation. Um, And I think I've mentioned it as well through the interview. He just carried such a joy. It's just so, it's just so fun that depth of conversation along with that fun and the joking, um, especially because like it was 1am my time. So my filter was well and truly gone, trying to be professional, very much struggling with it. And Leland was a champ. So thank you. <laughs> also cheers to my producer, Josh. Thank you for somehow wrangling that bizarrely loud, crackly audio on my end. Do not know what was going on with the internet that night. It was all over the shop, but thank you. Really appreciate your work. You're the best. So friends, go and get Leland's new singles now. Still Mighty just came out along with Heart and Flesh featuring Taya. They are available as well as a whole massive catalogue of music. Go check it out on all your favourite streaming platforms. Buy it, love it, stream it. You know the drill. And while you're at it, please go and connect with Leland. They are at lelandonline.com and you can find them on social media at Leland Official. Uh, make sure that you have connected with us on social media at Between You Me Pod because we're going to be sharing some video snippets of this interview through the week uh, in addition to some other fun quotes and stuff like that. And while you're at it, Can you go and subscribe as well? Give us a star rating if you enjoy what you hear. That would be awesome. Now, you can find us online and all those links at betweenyouandmepod.com. I know it's a mouthful, but you get the gist of it. Uh, Just go to our show notes. All the links are there, including links to Leland's website, social media platforms, you know, all that fun stuff. It's just just right there, guys. Check it out. And while you're on our website, make sure that you also go and check out our previous episodes. I had a stellar lineup in the last few months and... I promise you it is only getting better. I have a handful of episodes in the works right now. I'm actually um, overseas at the moment in the States uh, here to cover the Dove Awards and I've got a few episodes that I need to edit and prepare for you and they are like some of the, I don't want to say the best that we've ever done purely because I think we have had some stunning, like amazing interviews, conversations with people in all aspects of their career, but we've got some people coming up who, whose songs have just shaped us and have shaped us, our generation, our parents' generation, and, and who have shaped uh, our church culture. And I'm really excited for you to hear them. So subscribe and make sure you're on our social media. So as soon as those episodes drop, you get them. There will also be coverage of the Dove Awards coming up from my very Australian perspective. We'll see how that goes, but it'll be fun. That's all I have for you, my friends. I will see you very shortly. Until then. Here's to hope. I'm turning in your favor. Watch him work it for your good. He's not done with what he I'm done until it's good Hello, peace 
Not the end. You are. 